On today's episode of Locked On 76ers, Keith and I break down a question that was thrown at me that I wanted to share with Keith and you. Why are you buying in on this version of the Philadelphia 76ers? It's really simple. We'll touch on it next right here, Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, you are Locked On 76ers. I'm Devon Gibbons from 97.5 The Fanatic Radio in Philadelphia. That's Keith Pompey from TheInquirer.com. Great Sixers beat writer that he is live from Charlotte, South Carolina. Excuse me. No, I said Charlotte yesterday. (laughs) South Carolina, uh, where the team is. And, of course, the weather is trying to touch down there also. So hope everyone's safe. What's going on, man? How's it going? It's good, man. I'm, I'm, I'm not complaining. And right now, the weather's cooperating. You guys haven't been moved out of there yet, so it must be okay at least. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, it's fine. It will it's be fine. fine. Yeah, you'll be fine. Well, listen, man, we got to thank everybody for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On 76ers is free and available on all platforms, including right here where you get to see Keith's beautiful uh, hotel room and all that stuff. <laughs> right here on Locked On 76ers. Well, listen, man, we need to talk about quite a bit as uh, day two of training camp practice is already underway. Uh, a question that was thrown at me on the radio show where uh, a caller asks, why was I buying in on the team? So not only just me, I want to hear your thoughts on that, Keith, and maybe the the, the listeners also can share uh, on the comment section on our Twitter, however you want to get to us, your thoughts. James Harden, we'll talk about him. You wrote a piece on uh, how he looked pretty good in practice number two. And uh, should, should his scoring increase a little bit more, even as a point guard? And we'll talk about P.J. Tucker for a second day, but in a different way, uh, positional, uh, where he will fit in with the starting lineup and with everyone else around him. Where does he fit as basically the fifth option positionally for this basketball team? So we'll get to all of that throughout this episode here. But Keith, uh, starting off again with that question, the caller called in very late to the show and asked me as I was talking about, actually talking about your story and how I was buying into this team, uh, liking what they did this offseason. So many people have. I'm not alone on this. And, you know, even you in the past having some issues with some things that they did, felt like they had a good offseason and feel like they'll be a top three team in the Eastern Conference. And the caller asked, why Why am I buying in on this team? And I felt like I laid out enough reasons of them building the bench, which is a problem last year, adding toughness, also an issue last year, uh, having James Harden from day one instead of the train deadline, having him from the very beginning where he can lock in on things that he needs to, understanding the the, the role that needs to be played there as a point guard, the running the plays that he, that he knows and doesn't have to worry about, uh, just freestyling out there uh, quite a bit. And just having the depth overall that this team now has that they're going to need in the postseason where they can have a lot of versatility to this team. I wasn't saying they were great. I said they were better. And being better should be able to get them to at least the Eastern Conference round. That's not the ultimate goal, but that's what I was talking about. So, Keith, your thoughts. Why would one, not saying that you are, why would one buy in on this team if they were looking at it in a positive way from last season? 
You know, I, I think a person will buy in just because of a, a lot of the new faces. And the one thing that you talked about is toughness, right? You know, uh, this team is is tougher with PJ Tucker, um, you know, DeAnthony Melton, um, Daniel House, um, you know, even down Montrez Harrell. I mean, I, I think that these guys, you know, bring back the toughness. You you look at, you know, James Harden, you see what he's done in the offseason. You, you, you look at Tyrese Maxey, you see how he has progressed, you know, after took that leap last season. And 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 so I, I think those are the reasons why. But, you know, that is a great question that the person asked you because, you know, I'm not 100% bought in right now. I mean, I, I'm just not. And, and the reason being is because I just have to see it. And, and unfortunately, with the 76ers, and this is something that we all can attest to, there's been a lot of times in the past where, you know, was it Jimmy Butler, Al Horford, um, J.J. Redick, um, uh, you know, the name, like the list of names go on and on of people who had big names who came here and everyone was excited and the season ended the same with a second round exit. So to me, it's one of those things where, you know, I'm not like saying that they're going to struggle, but at the same time, I am saying that, I got to see it with my own eyes. And and unfortunately, you know, the Sixers are typically a 51-win team the last couple of years, but they keep having these second-round exits. So we probably won't know anything until the playoffs start. That's what it is. We we won't. We, we have – we can't ignore the regular season when there are 82 games. And if they're throwing up these 50s like they normally do these last five seasons that they made the postseason – of course, I'm going to believe that they're going to be a good basketball team. It's about what happens thereafter. And we talk about this at nauseum because the standard is 50 games or more. And that's what it is. So that's how good they are. They're good enough to do that. Now it's a matter of are you good enough to finally advance past that second round, which has been their problem for the last couple of seasons. And But, you know, I'm not saying they're going to the NBA finals. I'm not even saying they're going to the Eastern Conference finals. I'm saying they should be able to get to the Eastern Conference finals and probably the NBA Finals. And as you pointed out, you have to see it. How did it happen? I thought they were going to the Eastern Conference Finals when they were the number one seed. Things change as the season goes along. I thought they had a good path last year, even as a fourth seed, to get past the Miami Heat. If healthy, we can't predict when these things happen. It happens to every team, every season. And unfortunately for the Sixers and their best player in Joel Embiid, it happens seemingly every year, something, some sort of ailment that slows him down from being the MVP candidate to be able to play a, a full four games to win, or even if it has to go the entire seven of the series, it just plays out that way. doesn't mean that we shouldn't be bought in because it, it flamed out in a certain way. This is a different team, a different year, a different group of people that have been added to the team. And one of the main important guys that you have on this basketball team is going to be here from the very start. Could mean that they could go under 50 wins. I don't know. What we are doing, like we always do, is projecting out and predicting because that's what we have to do. And we'll give our prediction closer to the start of the regular season. That That's what we do. We predict. And I predict that they're going to be a 50-plus win team. You do also. So do many Sixer fans. And with them being that team, that means that the expectations are, number one, yes, because of the previous years, but also because of with the new season, they did a, they did what they were supposed to to compile a team 
that is uh, good enough to make some noise in the Eastern Conference and finally get past that second round that has been so uh, so tough for them in the past few years. So uh, I, I, that's really all it is for me. Again, I'm not waving pom-poms and saying, uh, you know, they're going to be able to do it. I'm just saying they should be able to do it because that's what the team looks like as they put it together. So uh, it, it was a great question. And of course, I didn't chastise him as if he was wrong for having his own opinion. We just differ. And we, as he said at the end of the call, we just agree to disagree uh, on how things are going with this basketball team uh, as we get to the later part of the season. I told him you can call back during the season, you can call back at the end and put it, shove it in my face, you know, and, and say, I told you so, or call back at the end and say, I'm surprised that they did it. And I'm happy that they did it. We'll see how it all plays out. Of course, none of us have a crystal ball. It's all a prediction at this point. On the other side, Keith, we need to talk about a piece that you wrote about James Harden, uh, his offensive output that he probably uh, should get to. Hope we, that we see him get to that. We'll discuss it next, what it means for the 76ers right here, Locked On 76ers. Bet Online is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchup, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis in every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net and get that right, betonline.net, or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. I'm telling you, definitely do it today, people. That's right. You got a Thursday night football game, too. So, hey. yeah, Who's playing? Who's <laughs> playing? This is a good one, man. It's uh, Cincinnati and Miami. Oh, okay. All right. Miami going to – where are they playing that? In Cincinnati, I hope. In Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, yeah. Yeah, in Cincinnati. This is a good one, man. So, uh, the they got it right on this one. They definitely got it right on this one. So, I'm looking forward to uh, – I'm looking forward to this one for sure. Definitely look forward to that game tonight. So make sure you guys, as Keith said, do it today, people. Do it today. Uh, thank you all for making Locked On 76 as your first listen. For your next, check out the Locked On Now podcast, where you will have nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. And if I'm not mistaken, I think tomorrow, Friday, is the uh, first games of the, the games over in – uh, uh tokyo i think the games are beginning on friday golden state washington I believe that's the uh, first game so yeah should be should be fun to see some some real live basketball uh back in the mix yeah it's gonna be good gonna and be you can probably go and you know make your wages on there too for that one so yeah just go ahead do it today people as he said do it today um james Harden, you wrote a piece on on his offensive output and could he maybe look like a, a, a little semblance of himself from the years where he was winning MVPs and all with the Houston Rockets or the better version, as another caller said to me last night, the Brooklyn Nets version where he was still in conversation of being an MVP candidate without having to score 30 points a game. 
Keith, what are we looking at with James Harden right now? First uh, two days of practice, seemingly at least the conversation coming out of there is that he looked pretty good offensively. So it, does he still have it in him? I mean, we, we don't know. I mean, you'll find out in the regular season. I mean, the thing is, you got to understand, like the practices are closed. Um, when typically in the past you would come in there and you would get like 10 minutes to see something or at least foul shots. Here, you don't get any of that. What you get is you see a couple of dudes standing on the court talking, and then you might see them hit some corner threes and do a drill. So you don't really get to see that. So what you're doing is you're taking it from people and what they're saying. The one thing that gets me is, like, I, I honestly believe that James Harden does not have to score 30 points a game for the yeah. Sixers to win. You know, when he was in, in the, when he was in Houston, he was the only option, right? But what James Harden has to do is he still has to be a legitimate scoring threat, right? He has to do that. He also has to get some explosion uh, explosion back, right? Because what's going to happen is if he's not a legitimate scoring threat and everybody's talking about him being a facilitator, what they're going to do is they're going to clog up the lanes and they're going to force him to shoot. And he's going to shoot them out of games, right? That's what they're going to do to him. It may not happen in the regular season because in the regular season, so many games, people don't really prepare like they do for the playoffs, but that is going to be what's, what's going to happen. So, yes, I get it. People saying he, we don't need him to score points. You have Joel, you have, you have Tyrese, you have Tobias. I get that. But at the same time, you know, if, if, if James Harden doesn't have that explosiveness and if he can't become a consistent or a reliable scoring threat, the Sixers are going to have problems because they're just going to shut down the passing lanes and all that other stuff uh, when it really matters. But in regards to how he looks, you know, all we can do is say what the people are saying. And they're saying, yes, he he's regaining, you know, he regained some of his explosiveness back. But we really won't get a true test until, you know, you can say the, the preseason get a little test, but the true test is going to come during those first five games of the season to see who James Harden really is this season. Yeah. And as you mentioned, it's difficult to see. We don't even know yet on Monday when they have their first preseason game against the Brooklyn Nets in Brooklyn, uh, if he'll even play to see exactly uh, where he is conditionally, fitness-wise, how he feels, uh, how the hamstring reacts. But if he's getting through the practices, I'm assuming that everything is okay. And offensively, uh, there are going to be times where he's going to be the hot hand and they're just going to find him and let him and let him go to work. Tyrese Maxey maybe be the guy set him up, setting him up a little bit uh, more uh, as the development of him as a point guard is there and, and allow James Harden to just score the basketball once he has that. Does he have the explosion? Does he have the lift that we saw and felt like at least watching and observing that he struggled so so mightily with uh, during the season? Then, you know, then maybe they aren't that, that team that a lot of people think. But that's where also we're going to have to rely on his IQ, his smarts, uh, to once again, as we said last season, if those things were holding him back, then it's up to him as a high IQ player, as he likes to let everybody know, as a high IQ player of how to adjust and be your, your best version of yourself in that way to help out the team and not hurt. Because he did have quite a bit of turnovers also, you know, per game in a six uniform that can have that uh, throughout an 82 game schedule, and most importantly in the playoffs. So uh, I, I, I think. 
I think he'll be a better version than he was last season than we saw uh, when he was here in the uniform. I do think that. I think that because I'm probably putting myself in the position where I, I think, again, as a player of his stature, how things were discussed about him, that he is prideful enough to make sure that he comes back and plays at a better level than he did a year ago, even though he has some really good moments. They could have been better. And if he played a little bit better also, they might have been able to still advance at least to the Eastern Conference Finals. And I would think that he understands that that's something that has to he has to be better. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. Keith also uh, needing to be better is an acquisition that they picked up. And we spoke about him yesterday, but uh, just being able to hear P.J. Tucker's voice in the gym in practice number one, in practice number two, talking about positionally where Doc Rivers spoke to the media, spoke to you all there and, and shared that positionally, maybe he will be in one spot and why that's important for Tobias Harris. We'll dive into that next in the final segment right here on Locked On 76. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Welcome back. Locked On 76ers. Keith Pompey. Devon Givens with you here. And uh, P.J. Tucker, we talked about his voice being heard in a big way in the in the practice in the opening day. Second day, Doc Rivers just talked about positionally where he would like to use him. And he really focused on saying the, the small forward position where Tobias Harris can stay at his now, in today's game, more natural power forward position. And I thought that all along. I'm not... You know, look, again, we we guess things, we project things, we we feel like we look at how the roster is shaped out. And Tobias Harris, we saw the Tobias Harris experiment at the three in today's game when Al Horford was here, and it, it was it was a little off. He's much better where he is right now, playing at the power forward position in today's game, where PJ Tucker is just a wing guy who's gonna defend multiple positions and then shoot the basketball being in the corners, maybe setting some screens where he can roll a little bit and shoot that little, little teardrop floater that he does in the paint. But mostly he's going to catch, he's going to get a lot of his offensive work done uh, from, from the corners and those hit, hitting those corner threes where he does so at a pretty good clip uh, in the NBA. So Doc saying that he's going to be the three, Keith, didn't really surprise me. But what's more important, in my opinion, is Tobias Harris gets to really stay where he is and hopefully thrive at that spot. Yeah, you're exactly right. Because when you look at it, uh, last year when James Harden came, you know, they needed someone to stretch the floor. And, and that became Tobias's role. And right. it took him a long time to adjust to that. I mean, there was I mean, he think about it. He was on a, in a on a shooting slump the first few games that James got here, like catching and shooting, missing. And it just was out of it was just bad. And, and then also they needed him to be more of a defender. Now, let's get this. He did improve his defense. But when you look at a guy like P.J. Tucker, the thing that you said is, you know, shooting, stretching the floor, Mr. Corner three, and then always guarding the best, you know, wing or, or something like that. Or, you know, heck, he locked down James Harden. You know, he, he locked down a couple other players. You yeah. know, so the thing is, and he's also, he's strong, but he's shorter than Tobias too, right? So when you look at that, it's one of those things where you said it is going to allow Tobias to be a little bit more freer and 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 do certain things. Now, 
they do have James. They do have um, uh, Tyrese. They do have Joel. But also, uh, so you want to see where Tobias fits in. But you can see him roaming around more, doing what he can do. And, and, and I think that that's going to benefit him, you know, in the long run uh, because he doesn't have to be that catch and shoot. He doesn't have to lock down people on the defensive end. He's going to be able to roam around, get to his spots on, on the offensive end and, and get some points. Sure. And, and one other piece of that there too, uh, Keith, is the other one that he slipped in a little bit in talking about how to use P.J. Tucker, not just at that that wing position, but also sometimes playing the five. We saw him defending Joel Embiid in the playoffs. We saw him and may not be extended minutes. It could it, a, a center could be a little bit smaller since they, we do go small ball fives in today's game where P.J. Tucker can hold his own and they feel like they can use maybe, let's say, Paul Reed at the four uh, with P.J. Tucker out there. Uh, a little more uh, better uh, of a defender, not as much of a scorer, uh, somewhere along those lines where you can do that. So the versatility that we always talk about um, with this team, that you can go with the P.J. Tucker center minutes sometimes, depending on who that that, that five is at that moment where they feel like uh, they can do that. We've seen it so many times where um, I'm trying to think of the team that they saw. Oh, like Pascal Siakam playing the five. Uh, for the Toronto Raptors and just having everyone else just funnel down Gary Trent, Scotty Barnes, uh, Fred Van Vliet, and then OG Ananobi, your five basically right there is Pascal Siakam. So can P.J. Tucker uh, play the five in that particular role? Probably. And then on the offensive end, he's more of a screen setter and uh, corner, get out of the way. It's more of a, 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 a wide open perimeter where they can just go out there and, and, and do what they need to do to get to the basket. Basically a one, four set and just get out of the way and, and, and let them let James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, if they're on the floor at that time, just go out there and cook and, and get the points Tobias Harris also. So uh, that, that part is also intriguing too, to see uh, where it goes. And that is, as we talked about with the caller in the first segment, saying, why am I bought in? It's, it's more of me just being a guy who's seen this team, a basketball fan, and wanting to see how Doc Rivers navigates through this all with so many players where you can maximize your team's potential with so many different pieces and the roster flexibility of how he can use certain players out here on this team, not just Joel Embiid and James Harden, but some of the others and how you you can, again, take advantage of all of the talent that you have, mixing it and matching it, putting all the ingredients, ingredients in there, and finding a way to win. You don't have to win the same way every night. So, um, yeah. The one thing we got to be, I'm sorry, but the one thing we got to be concerned about, I think a lot of people are like, a lot of people are like all hyped up with PJ Tucker being the Swiss Army knife, right? And, you know, he is versatile, but we also got to understand the dude is 37 years old. Yeah, he is. And he ain't going to, he like, you know, the goal it's is his, not to play him a lot minutes. of minutes. It's his yeah. minutes going to look like yeah exactly so i mean what so is is one of those things where you know i get it sometimes doc says stuff and and it's good you know and he's thinking out like all the different things but right about now if my focus would be on making sure this dude is healthy for the playoffs when it really matters you know what i mean like i get it but you know don't have my man playing three four different positions in the in the game 
against Orlando Magic in, in January or, or, or in December when, uh, you, you know what I mean? I get it with Doc saying, but, like, you know, I, I think you got B-Ball Paul. You have uh, – you, you got um, Montrez. I mean, it's great to have – knowing that you have P.J., but don't wear the, the guy out. It's Last 30. season, starting for the Miami Heat, he averaged 27.9 minutes a game. Seems about right to me. Yeah. Right? 25, 20, 28 minutes per game. Again, flexibility where you don't have to wear out a 37-year-old. Yeah. Seems exactly. about right to me. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Well, listen, man, um, that was fun. Uh, always a fun one. I really appreciate everybody checking in. We got to thank everybody for making Locked On 76 as your first listen every day. Tomorrow we'll once again dive into uh, some some – some happenings in the in the practice for the team, some things that that jump out of practice uh, for, for sure uh, in, in Charleston, South Carolina. Now make your second listen locked on fantasy basketball. Josh Lloyd hosts the number one daily fantasy basketball show on the planet. It is free and available wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you check us out. Also, uh, that uh, we have you in less than less than 30 minutes we'll we'll knock the show out in less than than 30 minutes keith if you don't mind uh letting the people know tonight uh where where they can they can find me find you as we get closer and closer to game number one of the preseason against the brooklyn nets next monday yeah tonight you can find my man d on the divine giving show on 97.5 fm that's right the brother has his own show the divine <laughs> giving show on 97.5 FM from 7 to 10 tonight. So make sure you tune in for that, listen in to that. Also, you can follow my man D on on Twitter at DivineG975. You can follow me on Twitter at Pompey on Sixers, and you can read my stuff in the Philadelphia Inquirer and on um, Inquirer.com. Appreciate everybody always checking in. We appreciate the, uh, the the jumping in on YouTube and on all platforms to get the podcast. And, and definitely we appreciate the comments that you send our way uh, uh, about the podcast. And we hope to bring you a good one all season long. It's great to have it back. We're with you five days a week. Keith, be safe down there, man. Make sure you're all good. Umbrellas, just in case. Yeah. Carry an umbrella. Yeah, it's crazy, uh, man. Because you're like, an umbrella man, but you might it, want to carry one. It's funny because I just got a text from somebody talking about it. it it's going to it could downgrade to a category one, but it's supposed to be hitting Charleston. Are you in the flood zone near Citadel? Yes, I am. It's already it, it started flooding yesterday, but it I know is. we got to go. Oh yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> yeah, so it was crazy, and it's not even raining. <laughs> like you well, like how, how far? How far is uh, the water and all from you guys where your state where you're staying? As far right as the beach, right outside. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So it's like right outside. Um, like you know, if I, it's funny because if I look, if I look right out this window this way, like uh, the patio, I'm I'm looking at the citadel. If I go and I turn my head to the left. I'm looking at the lake, like at the water, the body of water. So, okay. you know yeah. what I mean. So, yeah, it's yeah, we're like we're like way under the bridge, but it's it's we'll be fine. I mean, I've been I've been through these things before when I lived in Myrtle Beach, so you know what I mean. Just do what I did then. 
you know, so it's, everything will be good. Yeah. Well, stay safe, man. And uh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> stay safe. And we'll, All right, bro. we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, man. All right, my man. Peace. Peace. All right.